Hello, and welcome back to the No Score Review Show. I'm your host, Nick Green, and today is the 2022 in review review show. I am joined by two guests. Uh, my first guest is uh, the practical co-host of the No, no Score Review Show now. Um, he last appeared on... Oh God! What was the last thing we reviewed? Was it together? Babylon? Did we do a Babylon no, it show? Babylon it might have been Avatar? Avatar, actually. Yeah, The Way of Water. I think that's what it was. Um, yeah, we both gave that uh, some high praise, uh, and he's been on countless other shows. Um, but yeah, Matt, welcome back to the review show, and Hi. thanks for uh, joining me in the uh, 2022 review. I'm glad to be here for another year. Another year. My other guest uh, made their debut on the She-Hulk Attorney at Law episode. They have yet to make another appearance, but they're here now, which is all that matters. Which is so, Shay, all that matters. Welcome back. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah. So without further ado, uh, this is going to be the 2022 in review show. Uh, we each have our uh, favorite film of the year picked out. And we're basically just going to gush over that for however long we want. Um, and then we'll do some honorable mentions of other one, other films that we liked or maybe disliked if we want to shout those out, I guess. Because uh, it was a fantastic year for movies, in my opinion. Uh, there were a lot of really good uh, movies that came out. Um, but we'll just uh, kind of keep it focused on our favorites our all-time recommendations for 2022. So I think, uh, Matt, I think you should go first. I should go first. Your favorite oh, film you. of 2022. Well, my favorite film of the year is one that uh, myself and a lot of people had been looking forward to for a very long time. Uh, it was a very long time coming. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it as well. Quite polarizing uh, for many. Uh, and that film is The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser. The whale. I saw this at VIF back in October, uh, very early on, before, like, there's no trailer, anything about the movie out. All that people had seen was, like, that one photo of Brendan Fraser's face, mm -hmm. right? So, like, nobody had any idea what he was going to look like in the film or what the overall vibe was going to be for, you know, how it looks. There was also and that viral video too, that went out a while back, like mid middle of the year, I think. Was oh, that was there? for the whale? It was the, I... the clip of Brendan Fraser getting the standing O. Oh, right. Well, there was, there was some hype coming. Cause um, I think it premiered at Venice, I believe right. was the, was the festival. And I think Brendan Fraser got like a six minute standing ovation. Yeah, uh, and he was hugging people and he was, he had like tears in his eyes. He was choking up. So, yeah. uh, that's pretty much the only kind of actual hype I had had going into it. Right. Um, yeah. and I like to go into movies with as little expectations as I can. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times I will watch a trailer maybe once just to get the vibe of a movie. But, uh, my favorite time of year is getting to go to VIF and seeing all of these amazing films that. You know, there's no info out about them other than just who's in it and 
right. what it's roughly about. So you go in like as blind as possible, as blind actually. as possible, because you also don't have like Rotten Tomatoes out um, putting scores out telling yeah, you about what true. the movie's like. It's just entirely you. You go in with the film. Um, there were a lot of great ones in there this year, like Triangle of Sadness was also there, um, okay. among others. Uh, but for me, The Whale, it just it hit some really huge emotional highs for me. Um, and for me, when I'm evaluating a film for my own enjoyment or how good I think it is, the biggest factor for me is, is this film able to bring out an emotion from me, be it positive or negative. If it can make me feel a strong emotion, then I think that is the film doing its job, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are definitely a lot of things wrong with the whale, um, stuff that I don't like about it, stuff that a lot of people have problems with because it's based on a play. So it's a lot of dialogue. It's very like tell, don't show in many respects, um, which kind of goes against my preferences for films anyway. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I really, I don't like Sadie Sink either <laughs> personally. Really? Um, I'm not a fan. I don't think she's got very much range and I did not like her character and her delivery. I thought she was overacting a lot of stuff uh, and just playing a very flat character. Um, And I don't know. I mean, I know Nick has seen it. Have you seen it, Shay? No, I have not. I've been really wanting to, but no. There's um there's a lot of dark humor that Sadie Sink's character throws out during the yeah. the film and yeah I think it's a very big litmus test for the audience um, to see what they laugh at because she says a lot of things that can be taken as a joke but within the context of the film are really really not funny and I don't think really I mean at any of that part. <laughs> And there were people it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I, I saw it um, just at international village last night as well. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, just went with some other people who had not seen the movie. And mm-hmm. in that time and the VIF screening, there were a lot of people cackling at things that should not have been joked at. Um, so I think it's telling when you go to an audience and you see what people respond to in the film. Yeah. Um, Cause it really is an empathy test. Like it's, it's about you forming empathy towards a character that in many ways, like in other kinds of media, super obese people, like they're pretty much just gawked at all the time and made like, they're not treated like humans. Like you have like my 600 pound life and all this where people just watch it and they're like, Oh, look at that person. That's so gross. Uh, But in this, Brendan Fraser's. I think usually, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, no problem. Go ahead. Uh, fat people are usually either like, um, displayed as either like gross or like funny. Funny is kind of like the, like the good end of the spectrum. Um, Mm -hmm. and even sometimes it's both. It's like, it's funny that they're gross. Right. Um, so it's rarely ever that you ever get to actually empathize or sit with, uh, those types of characters. Um, in a serious manner. Definitely. And especially in this case, it's really painting this person as like somebody who has had a great deal of trauma affect them and manifests its way in eating disorders. And it shows how this is 
like a, it's a disease, you know, and it's not like they're just choosing to do this and they just decide to not take care of themselves. Like it's, it's a real psychological problem and it really shows what it's like for somebody to go through this. And, um, they did a lot of research and talking to people who really struggled this way, um, and making sure that they treated the subject with respect and that they weren't trying to be exploitative. And I think they did a really good job. And it also tackles things like, um, like homosexuality and religion and, uh, family issues as well. Like it covers so much ground with the themes that this film explores. And I think it does all of them in a very, uh, very touching way. Um, can be heavy handed, I guess in some times. Uh, but personally, I don't think it's a message that needs to be dealt with much subtlety, uh, in a lot of respects, like people that suffer like this have been victimized for a really long time and don't get the support that they need or the respect either. Um, and I think that just loops around to just Brendan Fraser uh, in general, because this is a very like personal thing for him as well. And a mm. lot of the context of the film comes from you knowing what he also had to go through and how he was cast aside by his industry and how he was victimized and abused as well. And um, he brings a lot of himself to the role and I think he just knocks it out of the park. And I a hundred percent believe that he deserves the best actor uh, award for everything. Every, every show, golden globes, Oscars, everything, give it to him. Cause he really, um, he really killed it. And I think the industry owes him, an apology for how they treated him as well. Yeah. And this is a, a good time Definitely. and a good way for them to show that they are, uh, you know, making amends to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's one recognizing thing. recognizing his talent too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a big thing too for the Golden Globes to nominate him because they're the ones who blacklisted him in the first place after he spoke yeah. out about um, being abused by the the head guy. So I know he's not going to attend the awards. He said that publicly, but I still think he deserves the win and that'll make it all the more, uh, all the more powerful for him not to accept his award if he does win as well. I also just really hope he gets that the, the Renaissance as everyone's kind of coining it. Yeah. Like I really hope to see him in like, like a few more pictures coming down the pipeline. He I is. He I think said, he's going to be in um, Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Scorsese film, I believe. Oh, is he? He's attached to it. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I don't know in what he, capacity because it's a pretty stacked cast already, but yeah. I do see like if you go on Letterboxd, his name is in the, the credits for it. Very cool. And I mean, I don't know how much merit this has behind it currently, but I did also see a... Um, uh, headline talking about how he is open to returning to the mummy franchise if that ever somehow yeah. gets a reboot so he said like if somebody gives him a script and it's good he's in for it he'll yeah. do it that would be great damn um yeah it was a uh it, it was emotionally devastating uh for my uh viewing it was uh like I said, I, I was kind of uncomfortable with Sadie Sink's um, the humor. Uh, I think it's supposed to be humor, 
Um, yeah. I don't have a problem with Sadie Sink. I thought she was great earlier in the year with uh, the fourth season of Stranger Things. I will kind of agree, Matt, though, that uh, like there are definitely some parallel lines you can draw between those two performances. They're kind of like from a broken home, very abrasive personality, right? I mean, um, it's basically the same character. She yeah, gives the yeah. same performance, <laughs> just a little more aggressive in the whale and a little meaner. Yeah. I th- I also think it could be worth noting um, she only starts to uh, get into some semblance of range towards the end of the film and then it ends. So we don't get Even a ton then, of time. I don't know. I think she also she just overacted with with everything too. She was just always making a lot of uh, movements and doing things very like forcefully and quick and everything was either like really mean or then crying and it was just all like all extremes every time she did anything. There was nothing that was in the middle. Do you think possibly that could have been the direction that she was given i haven't seen the film so i don't know the i mean it it could have been but judging by the way that the character like the way that her arc goes the the way that the story ends up i don't think her performance was in line with the arc that her character has like it didn't show the arc through her performance as much as it's just being told what happens or the events of what happened on screen. Um, Mm -hmm. It could very well be direction. Aronofsky can be very hit or miss with me on his decisions, but just basing her performance against the other people that were in the film, hers definitely felt like she was in a different movie. Fair enough. enough. (laughs) Uh, And then just like a couple quick notes that I guess I have to just wrap it up is... um, I really liked the constrained cinematography and the like the bottling nature of the film with mostly mm-hmm. being shot in one location because um, yeah. it really gives a feel of his life is now like relegated to this apartment and he doesn't leave yeah. and we don't get to leave either and we only see things from his perspective. Um, yeah, we get I to thought, go outside of the building like three times. Yeah, in for, for a couple like minutes in total. Yeah. Um, the score was, I thought, very subtle at times, but also coming in for some great peaks when it needed to be. But a good chunk of the film was um, without any music as well, which just let the emotion of the scene sit with you and hit you as is instead of being manipulated by like some sappy strings or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I want to shout out Hong Chao's performance as well. Yeah, I was going to uh, do that. If you she wanted. was incredible. I'm definitely rooting for her in awards season as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Her monologue is kind of yeah like on the limited. patio that very, um, yeah. one of the few outside moments that that yeah. was a big, like, Oh shit moment for me when I watched it the yeah. first time. Yeah. Very good. I, uh, I very much enjoyed this film. Um, if you haven't checked it out and you are in the mental state that can handle an emotionally heavy movie, uh, then I would absolutely recommend it. Um, Y'all have me so curious now because, like, obviously it's been on my radar, 
but like that was hype that you just gave it. That was yeah, a lot I of know. Hype. I try not to hype things up as much, yeah. especially the stuff that I like, because then everybody always just Fair. watches it, and then it's like that wasn't very good. You made it yeah. seem way better. But yeah, with that's this what one, Jake did I... to me with the triangle of sadness a little bit. Oh really? Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought that one was good, but it definitely had a lot of stuff that I didn't vibe with at the same time. It wasn't um, bad. It was pretty just good. Just one more thing uh, for the whale. I also want to shout out the makeup and prosthetics. Oh, that were yeah. For the film, like, phenomenal. Like, I hope they also take awards. They better. Like, home, because that was phenomenal. And that happened apparently during the pandemic, too. They, mm-hmm. like, well, that, had to send that's files very of 3D interesting. printed molds and everything. And apparently, um, the suit actually weighed the real weight of yeah, what he had to it wear, would have looked Brandon like Frazier it was like to wear like a nascar uh racing suit for like the proper ventilation to keep him cool yeah it was like 500 pounds or something yeah. that thing yeah well th- didn't that raise some uh controversy as well maybe but i think it was before the film was out and people were just sign- sort of like jumping on things um because i don't know it's the argument could be like oh why don't you get an actual person that um weighs this much to portray this person but like to ask somebody going through those health conditions at the stage that this character is at it's like inhumane working conditions and they would not be able to like work on a set like that um aronofsky did an interview i think with variety a while back where he talks about like the casting process and the the thought that was put into making the decisions that they did and I pretty much stand by with him, uh, stand by him uh, with everything. And I don't, I don't think it's offensive. I think it's very much, he's, he's doing a lot of good in his representation here. And um, yeah, I, I don't have any complaints about that, but again, like it's not my place to be offended or not. Cause I'm not the, the party. Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm curious to see it. Very it's, good it's a it's a ride it is a ride for sure it's not a popcorn movie there was a lot of people snacking when i was watching that movie and i was like yeah. you, uh, you guys are should put down your large popcorn maybe <laughs> but yeah to each their own to each their own uh speaking of which shay you're each of their own <laughs> Uh, your pick for 2022. <laughs> what a segue! Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't even know how I'm gonna follow that whole like essay that you just gave, Matt. Like, well, it's just because it's very fresh. I like I watched it last night, so it's very in my mind. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, for anyone who's listening, I I already told Nick and Matt this, but I smoked a little weed beforehand, so I'm definitely <laughs> not <laughs> gonna reach that level of depth. But um, yeah, the film that came to mind for me was uh, Bones and All. That one was definitely something that really stuck out with for me this year. Unfortunately, for some reason this year, there wasn't a whole lot of films that really grabbed my interest. I've kind of found it to be kind of a slightly on the boring end kind of year. But then again, like I haven't seen a lot of the most recent uh, releases that I know is getting like a lot of buzz at the moment. So that might not be a fair statement to make. But yeah, Bones and All... Uh, I went to go see it at uh, International Village like a month back. And yeah, I don't even know where to start with that one. 
like the cinematography in it is just absolutely stunning. And I know that's like, it always seems like such a simple statement to make. Cause like, if you read on my letterbox, everything is just like great cinematography, great cinematography. <laughs> this looks beautiful. And, but there was something well, I mean, about when you come from one. a camera background. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fair. But it's yeah. understandable. Yeah. Something I know. Notice, it just right? seems like a little predictable at this point, I guess. You're just um, watching a bunch of gorgeous films, Shay. That's yeah, you just have you just have good evidence. taste, I guess. Yeah, you just have, just good, have taste. good taste. <laughs> I think most of my letterbox is like shitty story, great cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. But yeah, this one was shot, I believe, on like the Ariflex 235 with like super speeds, and you could just the very first thing I did, like, obviously, just now, as soon as I watched it, I looked up the tech specs on IMDb because I'm like, I need to know exactly what they <laughs> shot course. that on and how they got those colors. And just, like, the overall composition of all the frames, like, where people were, like, placed in the frame. There was, like, rather very isolating photos or very, like, intense close-ups. And um, I just felt very immersed from like you guys have both seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. That okay. The, the whole look they went oh, I for love in this film uh, really lent itself to the overall tone and the like the theme and the subject matter. Like it was a very grimy yeah. and dirty, very much so feel to the film, mm -hmm. which was Luca. Great. Luca Guadagnino just has he has an eye for composition and for style and everything that he makes like call me by your name and Suspiria just in the last few years, they're all mm -hmm. such like centrally charged films. Like they get you from every sense. Like you feel like you can smell the colors mm -hmm. in the frame yeah. and yeah. stuff like, for like you, you can feel it. Uh, yeah. For better or for worse. <laughs> but like, yeah, you can just really feel his images for sure. There's something about okay. it. I don't you know exactly what it is. There was actually something about it that actually maybe it's like the Midwest vibe or something, but it like the yeah. it was as immersive as like you've seen Brokeback Mountain recently. It has the same kind of look and feel at times, yeah, which I know I are very two different sure. movies to compare. <laughs> um, <laughs> there isn't cannibalism well, in Brokeback. They're Mountain. they're both romances. Uh, it's no. close enough. <laughs> I guess so. Yes. Um, yeah. What else do I have to say about this one? Um, how did you I, feel I about the that, gore I was just going to say the gore I actually really appreciated how little they used it but when they did it was gruesome very effective um, oh yeah yes. um, yeah I thought it was very like tasteful at times if that makes well <laughs> get it yeah uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't get it you have to explain it to me um, but yeah, um, even for some like really graphic moments, I still empathized for, you know, the ones committing the crime. So yeah. I feel like it's I really hard to do something I didn't expect it to like be that. as heartfelt as it was. I thought it was mm -hmm. going to be yeah. way more like art house horror, dingy, grimy, dirty feel, way more like, um, not like full Rob Zombie, but like definitely <laughs> leaning into that like... A realm like dipping your toe yeah um but it was way more of a like like a, a love story and a uh adventure across middle america um, and i think which... it was a really good love story too yeah. like oh, i yeah. really bought the romance in it i they yep. sold me and i think 
oftentimes in those kind of movies, the romance aspect can be sort of tertiary compared to a lot of the other horror elements that would get thrown in. But this really was, it was a romance. That was the core. And the other genres were the like sub genres of the film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely had moments where I kind of forgot between graphic moments that it was a movie about cannibalism. (laughs) Yes. Then they'll remind you. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And one other theme that I really, really liked about it. And I... I wish I was a little bit more sober for this one, but like the intergenerational, <laughs> the intergenerational like family like, trauma all. in it. Mm, like, yeah. Oh, the like, scene with the mom. Holy. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That was, that was gnarly. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting for mom there, but yeah. Mom disappointed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a little bit at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, the yeah performances, I think, is what definitely sold this uh, relationship. Like, I mean, Chalamet is you, you know what he's Chalamet. About. Yeah, he's great. He always um, turns up. Taylor Russell, like, Chalamet. really showed up and like Tim yeah. made Chalamet, Chalamet do the work. Um, <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I think because of its commitment to the like uh love story aspect of it all i don't like consider it a horror movie like at all it's like in my list of 2022 mm-hmm. horror films it's that's like so low on the totem pole it's like i don't know man it's not really i never felt any sort of emotion uh close to horror so um i mean yeah. i guess but- argue that it's not a horror movie at all what would classify horror exactly like it's just violence yeah i think it's just like the disturbing aspect of it of like it pulls out like a gross feeling out of the audience whereas like a thriller or an action film that has the violence of the same kind isn't trying to make you feel bad about the violence Mm -hmm. whereas in this case it's very much a like gross ew that's fucked up oh my god what am i looking at kind of thing yeah Um, yeah the only time is so wide that it's hard to really narrow it down i think um where i don't consider it horror because like i have seen films where like they lean more into the disturbing aspect and not like outright jump scares and stuff I think they paired all of the intense, like cannibalistic moments with like really powerful emotions. So it was like a weird, they kind of like Pavlov me into like feeling more uh, emotional about the state of the characters and like their family drama or like the drama between them. Uh, while these horrific things were going on. So I wasn't, that's not something that immediately came to, came to mind, I guess, for me, Um, where other horror films have kind of, they don't have as strong of those types of relationships usually. So it's way more of that emotion uh, coming forward Mm. uh, first. Um, But that's not to take away from the film at all. I think that it, kind of plays into the expectation of it all especially with kind of how it was marketed i think that's 
where I uh, thought it was going, but it took me in a completely different direction. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm here for it. I do think the trailers sort of misrepresent what the film really is just because yeah. of the, mm. the way that they try to market it to a wider audience. Um, totally. Yeah. So I do think the trailer that yeah. was really good. It the trailer really was good, good, but it sold me on a different movie. But I'm glad yeah. because I it liked did. the movie that we got better than the movie that the trailer promised, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On a, yeah, a part of me did wonder when I walked out of the theater that if I would have, like, obviously I enjoyed it. I brought it up in this episode. But if I would have enjoyed it more, if I didn't well, see the trailer. Well, this is your trailer. best of the year. <laughs> it is your best. Of, you've committed. You can't go back. I guess so. No, I can't. <laughs> we have video footage. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Oh, I had a thing. What was my thing? Uh, for the like people who maybe haven't seen it yet, I would still strongly recommend it. But now that it's out and having processed it a little more, like definitely don't go in expecting straight up horror, straight up cannibalistic, uh, disturbing violence. There is some of that sprinkled out through throughout the film, but um, definitely go in expecting more of a um like brokeback mountain vibe yeah like a romance it's like a, story. a it's slow a burn drama. character driven story that has some yeah. cannibalism in it yeah yeah come for the can- cannibalism stay for the romance exactly <laughs> the box art that should be the quote that should have been there yeah, <laughs> yeah. right on their uh, poster yeah that's the tagline there we go um yeah bones and all another great uh great film from last year and uh i guess that means it's my turn well there's only one person left only one left (laughs) um so my pick i guess if you want to get reductive uh is kind of like (laughs) the easy pick of 2022 Mm -hmm. uh at least in my mind um (laughs) It was like Black Adam. Why? <laughs> Sonic um, the Hedgehog two. <laughs> Whatever the latest kith- kissing booth movie is, yeah, I don't know. Oh, is there yeah, a new there one this go. year? Yeah, probably the Gray yes. Man. I think that came out last year. Too nice. Um, no, it was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, it blew people's minds. It blew my mind when it first came out. I don't think I um, watched a single trailer. Uh, I just heard about it through word of mouth. Uh, I heard it was a multiverse movie uh, starring Michelle Yeoh, and I was sold on that premise alone. <laughs> um, and it does not disappoint. It like it's so hard, Matt. We talked about this earlier with like setting expectations <laughs> and like. I want to temper those expectations, but it just was like so far beyond what I could have even dreamt this film to be. Um, it really, really takes advantage of uh, being a multiverse movie, a movie about the multiverse. It goes places you do not even expect. Um, but I think what really makes it uh like one of the best i saw last year was that it also had a really really strong emotional backbone 
and it had a really good uh, story between a mother and daughter and a wife and husband. Um, the relationships between uh, the those like three characters were phenomenally uh, written and acted. I mean, it kind of goes without saying, um, but yeah, that's kind of my overall uh, for it. Um, do you guys want to jump in at all? You've both seen it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, uh, just going back to the very first thing you said, essentially, was the trailer. I actually was pretty unimpressed by the first trailer. And I oh, thought, really? like, eh, looks okay. Whatever. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe not. And then it wasn't until the movie came out. And then a couple of my close friends were like, dude, you've got to see this movie. Uh, it's like, they haven't seen anything like it. Best movie I've seen this year. And slowly just everyone I know started saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really one of those cases where word of mouth really um, popped off about this movie. Cause it was just a, like a medium budget indie flick from a 24 that was in amongst all of the others that they release. And um, yeah, something about it just really struck a chord with people. And after seeing it myself, I understand why, because yeah, there is really nothing else out there that is like it. It really, yeah. um, it's very postmodern and very, um, you know, very new age style of editing with like quick cuts and crazy transitions. And it yeah. felt very much like you can almost say like, it felt like a, like it was, a YouTube edit in a many respects, but like the fully evolved form of a way that is stepping away from the traditional way of editing film, but still being a film in its own way. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, that you can't make a kind of like a movie like that. It's, but they did. And they proved that you can make movies this way. And yeah. mm -hmm. I think it's going to be I showing that more movies are going to be made that are, giving this feel in the future, I can tell. I hope so. Yeah. I believe like a big part of that could also be like the fact that they use so much practical effects in it, that there's a level yeah. of it where it feels real rather than mm -hmm. something that was just like heavily, heavily edited. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was, I wonder if that was them like, committing to the practical but then being like okay we have this tupperware full of things how do we get the absolute most out of this and then <laughs> like even more um i think matt you put it pretty well that like it's not just the premise of the multiverse and uh the like high concept of it all that is it's it's that concept uh, pulled off like phenomenally well because they don't stick to that traditional way of making films. Like they, they expand their uh, wheelhouse in service of this concept and this story um, in a way that like doing a, like a multiverse concept film, but sticking to that traditional medium wouldn't have felt as elevated, I think. Um, 
So like bringing in those like weird, like uh, editing styles and like in in camera filming techniques uh, and like just coming up with brand new ways to get different shots and sequences uh, like elevates this film outside of it just being a film. Um, and I completely agree. I hope we get, I hope, I hope we don't get things exactly like this. Um, although I would take like probably one more at least. It's crazy. Uh, please no sequels, please no sequels. No, 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 no No, sequels. I don't want sequels. Um, everything everywhere all at once again, all at twice, (laughs) (laughs) all at the same Um, time. But I do hope we get more filmmakers experimenting and like thinking outside the box um, because we get movies like that, like everything everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that also really helped it out was it was like released at the same time as Multiverse of Madness, which I think disappointed everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, in In a year that was supposed to have Multiverse of Madness, um, it's like I don't love comparing them just because it's like it's weird to say that they're such different movies, even though they're both multiverse films. They are. I think they're yeah. also the most similar movies that there is to each other. <laughs> yeah, in many I think ways. they're like a good comparison in the way that like you have your practical effects of something that was my or like let's say somewhat lower budget. I say that very loosely. Um, mm-hmm. And then something with the MCU, which is like mostly CGI and everything. Yeah. I think like that's something that. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's a great um, comparison of like, if you want to commit fully to concept, then that is how you do it. Whereas mm. uh, Doctor Strange is definitely way more, okay, multiverse is our playground, but we still have to kind of, Play by yeah. the rules. They had one foot through. out the door still. The yeah, whole time. exactly. Yeah. That's really true. And yeah, all the, the production the... hell behind that film doesn't help as well. Yeah, whenever you um, change yeah. directors halfway through, it's never a good sign. Yeah. yeah. Well, it had a lot of yeah. logistical issues. Yeah, it was like rewritten so many times. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the the pizza balls and like the the st- are the street lights have being different colors just wasn't as. Uh, Oh, you guys have to pay for food? Oh, you're weird. Yeah, I was just like, this is not funny. I don't know. Oh, yeah. wait, you you go on red and stop on green? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know, um, so fucking bad. The, but it's yeah. it just goes to show that like when the most interesting part of your film is like a 15 second montage of your characters like smashing through different multiverses and then it's over... <laughs> It's like, okay, well. And a lot of the big bang moments were cameos as well. Yeah. Which is just relying on shock and star power rather than substance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, I guess that is, in a way, you can twist it. A thing that was going for this film is like there was zero expectations going in. So, especially on like the first viewing, like going having all of that wash over you, it's just, like, insane. Um, Definitely. But, I mean, I think it also 
probably has a ton of rewatchability too, because like there's just so much going on in every frame. Um, and like, it's just beautiful to look at too. Like uh, the um, composition of like a lot of shots are oh, there's just some gorgeous every frame of painting. Like, yeah, uh, it's gorgeously shot. It's so well executed. And then just the, the heart of the story also like i i teared up at the end of the film uh it mm -hmm. hits you right in the uh feeling place uh a couple times definitely yeah um, the mother daughter so yeah. relationship was uh yeah like achilles heel really <laughs> yeah yeah and the the mother father relationship as well yeah it was amazing yeah. like there there you had the relationship triangle going from all three of them uh mm -hmm. and even the grandpa as well like it was it wasn't just one pairing of characters that got the attention it was the whole no. family it was a very well-developed dynamic between all of even them even the um the tax lady too yeah. like there was some semblance of an arc with her and she becomes empathetic with uh michelle yo's character oh my god it's like yeah God bless Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, oh, Jamie, Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. She did so good. It's a goddess. Yeah. Killed yeah. it. Queen. Killed it. Yeah, she um, did even slave. some of her own stunts in that one. It's like, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Oh my god, yeah. that's great. Not that's the great. one where she jumps from the like the second story stairwell oh, thing. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was not her. No, but she does do partial, like a partial one of that clip. She doesn't do the full. She doesn't commit to the full flight, but. She like yes. starts off the jump, and either way, Jamie Lee Curtis on a wire being thrown even a few yeah. feet is quite impressive. Uh, yeah, and it's not yeah, like she's she did like not jump 20s, down an entire like, flight. Doing... <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? That would be something Tom Cruise would do. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say I know there is a ton of hype and praise around the film, but don't let that um scare you off uh it's even having said all of this it's like i think it's still uh worth the watch regardless um because i think you'll be able to get something out of it even if it doesn't mm -hmm. somehow doesn't meet your expectations going in i think there's still a lot in there for you to uh enjoy it has something for everybody in that one, for sure. Something for everybody. Everything, everywhere, for everybody. At the same uh, time. Cool. We did it. All over the place. Uh, so <laughs> our uh, honorable mentions will be next. Uh, since we are kind of getting close to the hour mark, we'll uh, sure. just do some brief, uh, like, couple sentence uh uh, like praise, I guess, of our uh, honorable mentions. Sounds um, good. Matt, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'll say my my honorable mention is uh, Skinnamarink, which I'll, a lot of people have been buzzing about online. Um, love it or you hate it kind of a thing. Uh, Matt, what is Skinnamarink? Skinnamarink is a <laughs> lo-fi experimental horror film made on a very low budget um, that is essentially a visualization of a child's nightmare um, shot on a digital camera but made to emulate film grain 
they use the the fake grain put in through the editing to simulate the hallucinogenic effects that your eyes see when you look into complete darkness and you like start to see things moving or something like a face that isn't there and they manipulate that effect in you with this film so there will be scenes where you're looking into an empty doorway and you're like there's a there's somebody there they're looking at me and there's an amazingly there's such a tense scene um where the camera follows the gaze of a little girl looking under the bed and it is one of the most like nail biting things I've ever seen. And I, I was like, my whole body was tense for almost the entire time and like holding my breath and the jump scares are very few and far between, but every single one of them rocked the fuck out of me. Um, And they're not, I don't, I wouldn't say they are traditional really either. Definitely not. They very much catch you off guard. But, um, um, Without saying too much and without, you know, making this review go on too long, um, this is, at its core, it's an experimental film. This is not a traditional um, story. Uh, It's very slow. There's a lot of long, static shots with nothing happening. Almost everything is looking at people's feet or at the ceiling. You, I don't think you ever see somebody's face, maybe one or two shots. Um, A lot of the dialogue is mumbled and there are subtitles on the screen um, and it will turn a lot of people off. A lot of people will hate it vehemently and detest it. But for people that are interested in like liminal stuff, like the back rooms and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, then this, like this is for that audience. This is for a very specific niche of people. Fanatics. And uh, the people who like it are going to love it. And the people that don't are going to hate it. And just matters of Hmm. where you fall into but um, yeah, it is coming playing out. At um, playing at the Rio, it's getting a small theatrical release. It's going to be on Shutter later this year. Um, if you get a chance to see it in theaters and support the filmmaker, do. Yeah. But at the same He's time, a Canadian boy, he is Edmonton. Canadian. It was filmed in his really? childhood home in Edmonton, I think, for fifteen grand, and the crew was only, I think, three people. And I believe what? the DOP sadly passed away during yeah. post-production what as well. Fuck? So the film is really? dedicated in his honor. Um, but personally, I think this is a film that is best watched at home, preferably by yourself, I would say. If you can put headphones on, amazing. If you can lay in bed with your laptop tucked up under the covers and just get like fully immersed in it and just put your phone in the other room, turn all the lights off and just be a part of this experience. I think it will be incredibly rewarding and it, you'll be like, there's a before and after. If you want to traumatize yourself, that is. If you want to traumatize yourself wow. and have nightmares for the rest of your life. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if you've got like an old CRT tube TV somewhere in your house sitting around and you can find a way to hook up shutter to it that would be the ideal way to watch it i think um oh fuck but i know what i'm it's really (laughs) there you go if you have the means then you need to do it it's all about watching the film in the optimal setting Um, i have one of those old old yeah tvs so yeah i've i've got one sitting right there 
as well by my bed. So oh, yeah. when this actually does come out to stream, I will surely be watching it because I got this after I watched um, the screener that I okay. was sent. But uh, I will if it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm buying it. It's going to go on my yeah. shelf. I'll sp- spend whatever amount of money that I need to. I think this person did an amazing job. He deserves to be recognized, and I hope he makes his money back. And I can't wait to see what comes next. I really am excited. This is a an interesting voice in horror and a great Canadian filmmaker that will surely be releasing some great stuff in the next decade. So, and of yeah. course, it was filmed in a little house in Alberta. That's that it does sound kind of terrifying. Yeah, yeah. very much. Well, so. Sounds like a filmmaker is going to get. In Alberta, enough is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, really though. As Nick yeah. can attest, I can attest. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Nick. <laughs> yeah, you're bringing up uh, repressed sorry, not memories, sorry. Jay. Trauma. <laughs> um, yes, uh, Skin of Marink uh, got in my top five for the film. It's my number uh, two. Yeah, behind the whale. Yeah. Uh, we said everything everywhere was there was nothing like it. Uh, there's nothing like Skin of Marink. That is 100 percent true. Love horror. You got to watch it. Uh, Shay, your honorable mention for 2022. Um, My honorable mention would be, I believe, Tar, which I'm not sure if either of one of you have seen. I haven't seen um, it yet, but I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to build it up too phenomenal much. Phenomenal things. Oh, it's okay. The rest of the world has already built it up tremendously. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, the way the way the entire film is shot, and I, I know you two would also appreciate it, is uh, there's very very long oneers in it, and just like the long and impressively long amount of dialogue there is um, within those oneers, it's just the entire thing is like very immersive, and you can't really go wrong with uh, two and a half hours or however long it is of Kate Blanchett in like different suits. And honestly, the whole like. I'm working your walk. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, though, um, it's all that us queer folk want. Um, and straight folk. But, and True. straight folk, yes, of course. All folk. My apologies. All folk, really. All he, folk. Like, Kate Blanchett <laughs> transcends orientation. That's true. It, it, that Sorry, is continue. True. <laughs> no, thank you for the correction. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, the overall comment on it, it's just, I, I don't want to give too much of it away, but I, I think it played with it a really important topic and just like, you know, of like power dynamics um, between, you know, whether it's a teacher, student, boss, employee, and, you know, can we separate genius works and like, like, separating art from the artist kind of debate right yeah right Mm -hmm. and like can we have like genius people like still hold consequences to their actions or i don't know it's i wonder if kanye has seen this movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah no probably not not, considering what has been released (laughs) probably not yeah um it has been a couple months since i've seen it so i am a bit rusty and i did not do my homework before this um but yes if you have not seen tar i would definitely um make time for it make sure it's a time where you are not distracted by anything i'm very happy that i saw it in theaters um it was kind of actually one of those films that were kind of great to kind of have like an audience to watch it with because there was like a lot of people who were 
um, laughing. Yeah, and for a movie that I got to go see it in the theater. <laughs> if it's still out, I'm not sure if it is. But even for a, a film be. that's like about about music, it's actually a fairly quiet movie. So there was like rather laughter or there was like dead silence. Um, and like, you know, you wouldn't want to eat your popcorn because the person next to you would hear it <laughs> or the person two rows away from you. Um, but it is a longer film. I don't remember how long the runtime was, but yeah, make sure that you have time to see it. You want to see it. You're not distracted by anything and just like let yourself kind of get pulled into that world because the way that Kate Planchett's like approaches is this whole film is you almost feel like you're watching a biopic. You're like, Lydia right. Tarr is a real person. You can't convince well, me that this yeah. person doesn't So many exist. people thought that as well. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. It was it's, like a shock for impressive. people to find out that it wasn't a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the level of depth she went into. It's like she really did her character study super well. Yeah, like she about knew bringing who a she character was to life. Yeah. Um, Do you so, think yeah. she's going to take home the Oscar? A lot of people are calling for it. Yeah, that's what I could see hearing. that. It does have an Oscar type feel to it. It is there's a degree of pretentiousness to it. Pretension, of course. So that's yeah, what the Oscars loves. Well. Yeah, that's essentially what they are at this point. So yeah, I could see her going home with an award. She I would mean, deserve it. Is it is about a world famous uh, genius musician. So I mean, yeah, you. It has to. It's pretentious by design. Exactly. Honestly, <laughs> it is. Yeah, definitely. I also have heard there is a phenomenal uh, musical number involving a uh, an accordion. I think. Oh, I haven't heard about yeah. this. Yeah. Oh well, now I'm excited. Anything with yeah. accordions got my vote. Yeah. <laughs> um, the runtime uh, for those asking: uh, two hours and thirty eight minutes. So oh, it, it is long. Side. All right, I like long films personally. No. I have heard though with this one that it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it flies by. So. Hmm. yeah cool i uh yeah i might have to go try and see if there's any more showings left uh in our local market i'm sh- Nick, i think probably fifth avenue might still be yeah hmm. it's time for you now time for me uh we've dealt with uh nightmare horror we've dealt with pretentious uh world famous uh artists and now we're going to talk about a shell that wears shoes my uh pick for our wait is i'm gonna guess shell with shoes on oh no, i was gonna say it. pinocchio but fine Close. <laughs> it's top gun maverick um <laughs> yeah uh this was my number two of the year it like surprised me beyond belief um i did not expect to go into an emotional breakdown uh, when I went to see a sh- uh, movie about a shell wearing shoes, um, it was <clears throat> it was so earnest. If you've seen either of the Paddington movies or like some of uh, Wes Anderson's films, um, they evoke that same feeling. It's like it never feels like gimmicky or like it's uh, trying too hard. It just is is what it is. And I bought into it wholeheartedly. I loved Marcel uh, the whole time. Um, I'm also a sucker for stop motion animation. So uh, mm-hmm. this was 
uh, really cool to see them blending stop motion and live action together. It's very, very well done. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's uh, like super uh, emotional. It deals with like adult subject matter um, that you wouldn't expect. Like uh, it tackles like Alzheimer's and uh, like uh, dealing with your like um, grandparents and uh, family uh, drama. It uh, it's not like a kids film. It deals with like actual serious topics and it does it well too um but yeah it's like a great like rainy day film uh it's feel good but it also has like some pretty heavy-handed scenes uh and yeah that's kind of all i have to say about it it's phenomenal do you think marcel or pinocchio is going to take home the award for animated film well i mean they're both stop motion so they are technically both stop motion i think it's i think my personal preference gets in the way a little too much because i think i would just give it to pinocchio just because i don't immediately think of like uh marcel when i consider the like an award for animation um but i mean there is something to be said for how well it is pulled off uh for the blending of the mediums right um so like i wouldn't be surprised if it took it um but i would like immediately go to pinocchio personally um have i have either of you seen marcel i have not okay i unfortunately have not although i've only heard amazing things my partner who's kind of like a movie goer by association with me um <laughs> actually went by herself to the rio she was like i need wow. to go see this film yeah cool. i'm making it sound like she's six years old and just crossed the street um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah for somebody what i'm trying to say is who like i'll make sure we always see it together she was just like no i'm seeing this with or without you and i'm gonna go and she came back and she was in tears and she was talking about wow. it for days so Good i know i have her. to see it yeah. yeah. Well, now you have to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a strong recommendation. I also didn't realize uh, Marcel the Shell was like a web series before uh, mm-hmm. this film had come out. Yeah, I me neither. Nothing about it. Um, it's f- directed by the same guy who made that web series. Um, and uh, like Jenny Slate, who voices Marcel, comes back. Uh, it's all like returning um, casting crew who like originally worked on it um that's pretty cool yeah it was uh a sleeper hit for sure for me um yeah uh do you either of you want to shout out just by title alone uh anything else from uh 2022 i'll say pinocchio guillermo del toro's pinocchio darn it (laughs) um i yes i'll say eo nice okay just the letters eo Movie about a donkey. Go see it. It's sad, but gorgeous. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, just because I can't really think of anything right at the top of my head, but honestly, I know a lot of people didn't really care for it, but the Batman, it was. it's going to be a guilty pleasure for me, I think, in the long run. I'm due for a rewatch, for sure. 
Um, I uh, I rewatched it over the holiday break actually, mm-hmm. and I think my main takeaway is if you are a diehard Batman fan, you will love that film. Um, if you're kind of a like a casual Batman and DC Comics fan, it's uh, it's a lot of movie. I think it could have mm. been shorter. Uh, but everything that's there is great. yeah. But it's also like in that way as well, not a traditional kind of superhero movie. It really is like no. an, it's a noir film for the yeah. majority of the runtime. It's a detective story that just has yeah. Batman as a protagonist. He's not doing like crazy ninja stunts with like obscene gadgetry and flying machines like yeah. in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, it's very yeah. grounded mm-hmm. and um, very comparable to a lot of other non-superhero movies so it can be an easy gateway for people that aren't necessarily into the whole like marvel universe um kind of vibe it's a it's it's a great refresher from all that for sure yeah especially after the year that marvel had Uh, by comparison i think batman alone i can't think of any personally any other um superhero movies that i enjoyed more than the batman this year no oh damn that might be true Holy shit. Yeah, that might be true. I, I enjoyed a DC film this year more than I did any of the Marvel <laughs> right. films. <laughs> what is what going the on? The but then DC also did Black Adam as well. So it yeah, Black, Black Adam, Adam might have talked it down a yin bit. Yin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, let's get gayer, out of here. Could have been Could have been gayer. Yeah. Too much queer baiting with Catwoman. So much fucking queer baiting. Speaking of queer baiting, Shay, where can the people (laughs) find you? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh, segue king today. That was great. Um, Yes, follow me on my Instagram, Shay Martin Media, or my letterbox, Shay Martin, which I believe is the only one. Yeah, Shay Martin. I am going to throw you under the bus a little bit. Uh, According to your letterbox, your uh, highest rated 2022 film is Nope at four Uh and a half stars. So. Oh, is it? What's that about? Uh-oh. Busted. Uh, <laughs> nope came out. Yeah, there's no excuse for that one. <laughs> no comment. Let's just uh, strike yeah. it from the record. Yeah. <laughs> we'll re-record yeah. the, the segment <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and talk about Nope yeah. instead. Nobody um, listened to me. Then... I'm just full of bullshit. <laughs> um, and then do you have any non-film recommendations? Um, like TV show, movie? or a video game book or album from either like that came out last year or that you just um, uh, encountered last year at all. It's fine. If you shit. Um, Well, what comes straight to my head, um, a league of their own, the Amazon prime TV show. Oh, that was, uh, that came out last year. Oh my God. That feels like it came out a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think it came out like, yeah. During the summer, um cool yeah and that was good it it was i i know some people who were indifferent for but for the vast majority of people in the queer community it it, yeah really yeah home run (laughs) nice (laughs) see what you did there Uh, matt where can the people find you uh the people can find me on letterboxd at uh wisdom nugget or if you search my name matt schmidt you will also find me on there and then my instagram is linked in my profile so you can find me there if you care if you want to creep him (laughs) yeah perfect any recommendations uh yeah 
a little bit of a blast from the past. I'm currently watching through Flight of the Concords with my girlfriend right now. And man, it is just so good. What a timeless show. It was so, so ahead of its time in terms of uh, like humor and politics as well. And just such a breath of fresh air compared to like so much of the comedy that is circulating on TV right now. And it's so like low budget and lo-fi and... There's so much like digital artifacting that I'm like on HBO. And I don't know if that's something just from the transfer or from like the crappy digital cameras that they just shot this on um, Mm -hmm. where that comes from. But it's just like such a nice touch of it not being totally perfect and (laughs) feeling kind of amateur at the same time. Uh, And the music as well is uh, so funny and well done. And there's a lot of good homages to like David Bowie. Um, and other famous musicians that they sort of go off their style and it's just such a fun time if you're a fan of like Taika Waititi and um, a lot of the other like Jermaine Clement is in it as well and there's a bunch of other kind of similar to um, what we do in the shadows feel kind of um probably I haven't seen the show um but it's I mean the movie I, I suppose so. There's a lot of like deadpan um, sort of absurd stuff and they break into like song and cut mm-hmm. music videos like just into the episode that are just so nice. like out there. It's very fourth wall breaking and self-aware. Cool. It's just such a good time. There's two seasons. Super worth watching. I'd say one of the funniest One's shows. On uh, Crave ever. and HBO, right? Yeah. HBO Max. Cool. Yeah, I got it. What about you, Nick? What about me? What about I'm you? not going to go the easy route and recommend a video video game. I'm going to recommend an album. <gasps> it is called Under the Shade of Green by the Happy Fits. Hmm, I uh, discovered this band uh, at the end of summer last year while I was on vacation. And I, dare I say it, I love every single song on every single album they have. Um, and uh, Under the Shade of Green came out uh, in 2022, and it is a banger, as the kids say. Huh. Um, if you're into uh, like alt pop rock, uh, definitely check it out. Um, I had it on rotation ever since I started listening to them, and it affected my Spotify wrapped greatly. But that's okay. <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, go check that out. I if have you it. Want new listening. Cute. I have it queued on my Spotify. Yeah, wait. Remind me of the name. I'll do the. I'll do the same thing. The Happy uh, Fits. The Happy said? Fits is the band. Yeah. Saved. I will listen to it on the way to work tomorrow. Sweet. Cool. And uh, yeah, you can find me um, right here wherever you're watching or listening to this episode of the No Score Review Show. Uh, it comes out on my YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast listening services. If you're into video game Let's Play content, I've got my YouTube channel, No Score Plays. Um, and I'm also just all on the uh, social medias everywhere at, uh, at No Score or at No Score Reviews. Uh, depends uh, where you're at, but that's where you can find me. Shay, Matt, thank you so much again for joining thank me for, for the 2022 me. in uh review episode and uh jake stark and boom r.i.p yeah uh and very much alive uh, but dead to us yeah he's dead to us you'll never see him on the show again 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see you in 2023, where there yeah. will be more movies, video games, and TV shows for us to review. I Thanks think it'll for be watching a better and year. listening. I think Hopefully so too. A better year. Well, we're starting off strong. We got Last of Us this weekend coming up. Ooh, so yeah, yes. Okay, can't thank wait. you so much. Hell yeah! Thank you for yes. watching and listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Good night. Bye bye.